Hey guys, thank you for checking out Bucked Up. Just before we start, I would love if you'd hit the subscribe button, like, share the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And starting in the new year, check out Wrapped Up exclusively on Vivo. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, they're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked 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 up. Now you have fucked up. It's so cool that we met. I was saying Bruiser Thanksgiving 8 was like one of the most fun weekends of my whole life. That was really fun. Had you ever been out there before? I was out there once before, two, twenty, twenty nineteen, twenty nineteen. I went. That was it. Was so fun. I forgot it was twenty nineteen. No, no, because that was like your Sada baby was there. Twenty eighteen. Oh, I've always wanted to see Sada uh, baby. He, I like. Apparently, he brought like he brought like fifty dudes on stage, and it was like complete fucking chaos. Yeah, that's what happens when like a Griselda shows happen. It's wild. I'm surprised Griselda didn't do that at Rolling, at not Rolling Loud. Yeah, Rolling Loud. Well, they probably were very strict about the passes. They were very, sure. they were but like very even in Conway's show in Reading, I was up on stage. Like, I want. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to just be up on stage while somebody else is rapping yeah. and just like chill. You haven't done that with Danny. No, I would be too embarrassed. Even if he would let me, and he wouldn't let me, mm. they'd kick me off the stage so quick. Well, the thing about Bruiser Thanksgiving, it was so wild with the moshing, and then you see the security. Did hold you see that girl gate? with like this? With, like, the colorful outfit on, she was, it was, like, she was trying to jump over for every single guy, but when Z came on, forget about it. He took the shirt off, and she was, like, trying, I think she actually did get over, because, like, at one point, she was next to me, and I'm, like, how the fuck did you get here? It was wild. That, that was one of the craziest shows I've ever been to. That, that barrier was, I, I don't know how it even stayed up. The, so, the security guards were, like, full-on holding Because it. it's not meant to, like, have shows there, so they Bro. had to just do, like, a makeshift stupid fucking barrier. It's bullshit. And it's fucking Bruiser Brigade, Bruiser Thanksgiving. Like, exactly. that's going to be a crazy show. Danny always puts on one of the best shows. Exactly. Are we recording right now? I guess we'll start. Oh, okay, because I was wondering. I was like... Uh, we just kind of start whenever. It's Oh, like... perfect. Oh, so, so How did you meet Danny? So... I love telling this story, but basically, I've been a fan of Danny's for... By the way, if any viewers are watching, I have Tourette's. Don't come for me in the comments. I know I blink a lot. Shut the fuck up. So anyways, because people like being weird. But no, so, I understand. But so anyways... internet trolls. Internet trolls are fucking horrible. Yeah. I hate them. I get called a weird nerd, a white, nerdy white guy a lot, but that's true. Exactly. What Just own up to it. <laughs> But so the the way that I met Danny was I've been a fan of his since I was like 13 years old. I first heard th um 30 obsessed with it. And what happened? So like I would be friends with him on Twitter and stuff. I would talk to him. Everything was nice. I would always say like, "Hey, I'm so proud of you and stuff." I was just like a huge fangirl. Yeah. And I was supposed I remember I first saw him when I was 16 years old. It was a crazy show. It was at Peter Palooza and it was like 
Danny, Schoolboy Q headlined. It was right after Oxymoron, or right before, right after Oxymoron came out. Absol, Action Bronson, g Easy came out right before he blew up. Some other people, and Chris Rivers, who's Big Pun's son. It was like an amazing show. And at the end, I'm waiting for my mom to pick me up. And then Danny's rushing out, takes a picture with somebody. And I'm like, hey, Danny. And he was like, I got to go. I'm running to catch a show. And he hugged me. And I like thought about that all the time. So I never got to meet him. And then one day, he invited me to a show. After I was like, I want to get tickets. It was for the Atrocity Exhibition Tour. But I didn't realize he gave me meet and greet. So I fucked up that chance. And then we would keep saying, we're going to meet. We're going to meet. And then I remember one day... Um, at Bruiser Thanksgiving. Wait, so he gave you meet and greets and you just didn't realize it? Yeah, I didn't realize until I got there because he didn't tell me. So I was I was so upset. But then a few years later, I'm at, I go to Bruiser Thanksgiving. And long story short, I wanted to go out there. Danny asked me to shoot. He ended up paying for my GoFundMe to make it out there because I wasn't making my goal because I had like a very bad Twitter meltdown over my career. Something totally unrelated. And I guess he felt bad and was like, let me... Get Why did you have a GoFundMe? Go just because you wanted to go so bad? Yeah, and I didn't have the money. So what was the Twitter freak out about? Basically, so I was an intern at Rolling Stone magazine, and they weren't giving me, they weren't letting me write anything, and I was just getting really upset because everybody else was getting bylines and stuff, and I felt like the only odd one out. Yeah. And jokes on them because the story that I literally begged for was interviewing Megan The Stallion right before she became big. So they they ate their words because literally about a year later she's on the fucking cover with yeah. fucking, with city girls and shit and you were like let me interview her like come on like lit- yeah i was like i've listened to this girl and then they felt they wanted to just like throw before, me a bone yeah cognac clean all that early. yeah it was like right after tina snow dropped i'm like just oh, let me do such it a good project so yeah. they just did it but they with <laughs> and they withheld it from me until like march long after my my internship was done so there was so there was that and a bunch of people plagiarized that i won't name names but there are some people who plagiarized that feature but so I had a mental breakdown because I was like, I'm not getting bylines. I don't want to do music writing anymore. And I guess Danny saw that and felt bad. So he paid for my GoFundMe. He's like, no problem. Come out and I'm going to meet you. And I'm like, okay. I take a 10-hour road trip with a friend of mine. Shout out Darren if um, Darren ends up watching. I hope they do. Um, me and Darren went from Pennsylvania. I met them in Pennsylvania. And we drove up to Detroit. 10 hours it was horrible and right after the 10 hours we literally went to the airbnb then went right to the show danny saw me in the photo pit and was and knelt down and was like hi and gave me like a high five and stuff but then i think he got too drunk and he forgot to come out and i was like crap i didn't get to meet him so i wrote him like a very emotional very long letter and i gave it to um his manager who was picking up stuff from the merch girl and then the next day I wake up to like a million DMs from him, all in caps saying, call me right now, call me right now. But then he didn't answer. Cause I like think emotional he, and like... Uh, yeah, like he was just like, call me right what now. What do you mean like, like emotional letters? Oh, emotional letter. Bas- like, just like me talking about how much he means to me mm-hmm. and how like proud I am of him basically and how like I feel this strange, like very spiritual connection to that man yeah. that I've always had. And I, yeah, the letter was just like me saying, I'm, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And I'm glad that I get to basically exist on this earth with you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. And yeah, he blew up my phone the next day on my DMs, but he didn't answer my text or my calls. I, I think he might have got busy or something. So that didn't work out. And then he didn't reply to my texts or calls for months. And I'm like, did he give me a fake number? 
And then I remember he was doing, he was on the cover of High Snobiety. And I think that's how you fucking say it. If not, whatever, we'll deal with it. Um, and he did a show out here, but I was 20, so I couldn't get in. And he, he was like, it's okay. And then I remember that night I had a weird dream that I met him. And the next day while I'm at work, I randomly get a call from him. Like as I'm about to close and leave. And he was like, I'm really hungry. Meet me at this place. So I was like, okay. I went out. I met him at his hotel. I had dinner. Straight with, from work? Yeah, straight from work. I was freaking out. I was shaking the whole Uber ride over there. And it was him, Triple Black, and Danny's girlfriend. And after that, it was history. And he showed me Danny's house that night. He played, like, the rough version of You Know What I'm Saying and stuff to me. Wow. And we had, like, the most amazing the most amazing night, really. And, like, that finally started. It was It was multiple years in the making. That's awesome. Almost a decade in the making. Ships in the night always passing, never get to work out, and then it finally does. Exactly. It really does, like, it's cool seeing you guys' friendship. That's why I wanted to ask that, like. Yeah. It's really cool, like, seeing it, because I was new to everyone, you know, like, coming into that situation, but you guys really do have something, like, as you said, like, a spiritual connection with that. And I'm glad people could see that, like. There's something about him that, like, I'm just very protective over him. And sometimes it annoys the fuck out of him, I know, because he's, like, I think he thinks I don't trust him or something. And it's not that I don't trust him. It's just I know people can take advantage of good people like him, and I want him to be safe. And even though it shouldn't be my responsibility, especially because all these other guys have known him for far longer and can do that, there's, there's some part of me, like, that feels like I have this duty to protect him and take care of him. And he would like, he, I could tell it annoys him sometimes, but I love that guy. I love you. And he still loves you. Like, exactly. That was such, but he does have a good team, like bruiser brigade, like, the, what do boys. they call it? The Newser Brigade? Is that what they call I think that's We're what fucking... Fat Ray called it. Oh, I think so. 100%. I wouldn't make Fat, that Fat up. Ray has... Fat Ray, he's, he says some funny things sometimes. But they're... I, like, they're all such good dudes. Like They're they're uh, all genuinely, like, good people. Yeah. And that's... Other than their music being amazing, and we'll talk about that later, but, like, when I went up, everyone being so welcoming and, like, loving, it was really awesome. And that's like the good, and that's one thing that I especially value as like a young woman and stuff. How like they've really respected just me and my boundaries and everything, and like recognize like my position in this world compared to some others. Like Jus said something so nice to me on my last night there, where he was like, he was he was drunk too, but he told me he was like, I hope you find somebody that doesn't mind you hanging out with the gangsters. <laughs> and then he gave me a hug. And I was like, for some reason, like, that just stuck out to me, like, it, as, like, the sweetest, yeah, the sweetest thing. And they're all really such great guys, and they're so protective and kind. And, like, they, like, if they allow you into their circle, that means something. Because they're not, they're not bad judges of character. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And everybody I've met through them so far has been, like, awesome. I have no complaints. Me too. That's why, like, I'm so happy we got to meet. Is because, like, that's this is the only person that you recommended to me the day we met, and it worked out perfect. Like, that's my boy, Sharif. Yeah, you just watched the last episode with my Jersey King. I love Jay. I love Sam. I love the world. I love Amsterdam. Yeah. (laughs) But it's so funny. So shout out Bruiser Wolf. My boy. Uh, my dad listened to the podcast. Shout out to Bruiser Brigade. Shout out Bruiser Brigade. Uh, yeah. My dad listened to the episode with Bruiser Wolf and found him on Facebook and DM'd him. 
and now they're friends and like talk to each other on Facebook oh, and it's stuff. So cute. <laughs> it's so cute. And I love that. Wolf is like a dad, honestly. I love that man. That was one of the first things he said to me when you were at the dinner at the Asian restaurant. Yeah. It was like he was like, How's your pops doing? Like, oh. They, that was that was my first day in Detroit ever. Was at that yeah. dinner. Detroit's amazing, honestly. Yeah. That Detroit, Detroit. I love that city because you could just like feel the energy. If that makes sense, yeah. there's just something about it. Like obviously, the General Motors and all that other stuff. Very, very, very sad. But otherwise, all things considered, it's like it's such an amazing city. It's just cold as shit, though. It wasn't bad when we were there. It was pretty cool. But it was pretty it, cool. No, it get it gets worse. Like two when I was there two years ago, I was literally I had like this gigantic puffer coat on and I still couldn't. It was I was screaming down the street because I could not feel any part of my body. I didn't like that. So then how did you get So he You just became friends, but then you started writing for him because when we talked we the first time we were I was very fucked up, so I don't remember the conversation. But I think I thought you, I remember you saying you wrote a piece for him. For who? For Danny. Oh yeah. And that's like. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Because so basically. Because um, you work at Paste. I work at Paste Magazine. Yes. Um, but the first piece I ever wrote was right after you know about him was after you know what I'm saying came out, where I wrote this long post about like how he reminds me so much of my father, and it blew the fuck up. And I got my first ever freelance assignment through that, um, interviewing Angel Olsen for Vinyl Me Please. Oh, wow. And I was like, holy shit. And then from there, like, everything went up just because of that one thing I just threw up on a blog, basically on Medium, just for the fuck of it, Mm -hmm. essentially. And it blew up more than I could anticipate. And I still get messages about that sometimes. People like, I just, I randomly came across it, across your piece, and I just want to say it's amazing. What came to you when you wrote that? What do you mean? Like, why did you write that piece? Because Danny really does remind me so much of my dad. And in many ways, like, I see Danny kind of, like, as a father figure. And then I figured, like, when You Know What I'm Saying came out, because it was, like, fresh. It was, like, only a few months bef- um, after we met each other. Mm-hmm. Where, and I was, like, explaining these things to him. And I kind of just wanted to get it off my chest to understand why it is that we... Like, I connect with him so much, and eventually I realize, like, it's because he reminds me so much of my dad. And basically reminds me of, like, how my dad would be if he, my dad was still alive and was able to recover in the way that he wanted to. And seeing, like, Danny, like, do everything that he wants to do and being, like, the man that he is was true. Like, to the, it just still makes me emotional just, like, seeing him because, like, that's exactly what I wanted for my dad. And basically now... I get to invest that into making sure that that happens to Danny. And that's why you have this like protective feel over him probably. Definitely. Like, Definitely. Yeah. And that's so cool that he accepts that. It, yeah. And it, it puts, I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on him too, kind of, mm-hmm. but you know, like he, he's, he's good. He, he's really good with it and he's really just sweet and kind. And he, I think he recognizes that. And tries really hard to protect me as well because he doesn't want to fuck that up or like betray my trust in that way because of how much pressure I may have may have unknowingly put on him by saying like you remind me of my dad because I feel like most men if they heard that they wouldn't know how to fucking take it. Mm-hmm. 
But he's a real one. He, I think he would understand it because you're doing it in a real way. You're not doing it in like a, like a, a fan way. Exactly. I know you're doing it in a fan way, but not in a fan way. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Basically, yeah. But you're also doing other crazy shit. Like you've now grown into like interviewing some insane people. Like yeah, it's I'm really privileged to do what I do, like as a music writer and stuff. And now that I'm an editor, do you believe in luck? I definitely do, cause I've been I'm lucky as shit. Some shit, some stuff that have happened to me have literally just fell on my lap out of nowhere. And but haven't you worked to get that? You said you were like interning at Rolling Stone and shit. Yeah, it's like a little, it's like a little bit of both. But even after, even though I got that Rolling Stone thing, no opportunities came to me still for in, in a whole entire year. Like just because people see that on your resume, they don't give a shit. No, but it gives you like a, a self worth thing. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Le- I feel like I didn't learn a lot, so I feel like I came out of that just being like, okay, what next? Because I just have something fancy to show for it. But mm-hmm. I, they didn't. They didn't teach me anything. So most of the stuff, yeah, I had to like learn entirely on my own, basically, just like how to write and stuff. And obviously school helped me. I went to journalism school. But otherwise, I felt like I navigated it primarily just on my own. And I feel like Rolling Stone did not really help me that much. Yeah. But I feel like you have to learn on your own like this. Like, shout out Ani and Irish for helping me. But like, this is from the beginning. We didn't know what we were doing and it just kind of fell into place. Like, Exactly. That's why I asked if you believe in luck because I do feel like everything kind of happens for a reason. Like... Exactly, yeah. The universe works in, like, really weird, strange ways. Sometimes for good and sometimes for bad. I don't, I'm not the type of person who feels, like, I feel like on one hand everything happens for a reason, but also on the other hand so much shitty things happen that shouldn't happen to people. But I think for the most part, yeah, there's some sort of, like, weird, there's some sort of being that's kind of pulling the strings a little bit. Yeah. Well, you talked about, like, having the meltdown because you weren't getting enough work. And then, like, it's funny because then just like a you said it was a Facebook post that you wrote. Um, it was on Medium. Oh, it was, oh, it was on Medium. That, yeah, that was the thing that blew up. It's just like yeah. you didn't even expect it. About just, like about a year later, and it was the most informal thing I ever wrote. It was just like me, just like kind of just dumping all my feelings out there with a mixture of like my very depressing poetry, and it worked. Yeah, it worked. And now you like. Shit, like, interviewing... Did you ever get to interview Megan Thee Stallion? I did. I did. And she was absolutely... She was amazing. And I love how... To call her, I had to call her mother. So I was talking to her mother for a few minutes because her mom was her manager at the time. Oh, wow. So this was early. This was literally right after Tina Snow dropped. So Yeah, because right her mom was Fever still li- alive. Yeah. yeah. It was only a few months before that. And then Megan and I were talking. We even invited each other to our graduations and stuff. And obviously that didn't work out. But, like, Megan, if you are if you somehow listen to this, I really want to meet you. I love you. I, if, if she listened to this, that would <laughs> be, be wild. That would be crazy. That would be wild. But, yeah, she's like, she was the sweetest, humblest woman ever and the one thing that stood out to me the most is like she's i was at the end of the interview i said what is what do you want to do the most um what is your next goal and she was like well my ultimate goal is to have a song with beyonce and it happened on the savage remix and i'm like literally everything megan told me she wanted to do in that interview came true what do you want what's your goal to be financially stable that's like that's the main thing just like to not struggle or worry but if i want to like think 
Otherwise, but what's your main goal? Because that's it will happen. Just like I'm not, I'm not financially stable at all. But I know <laughs> that me doing this, it has to pay off sometime. You know. Yeah, I, f- I feel like for me, if I had to choose my main goal, it would be. I want to be well respected in my, f- well respected in my field, um, which is writing about music and stuff, and being so well respected and stuff that I don't have to worry about it. Like maybe I'll just do like, I'll write a book here and there and then on the side write a couple pieces because I don't want to do like the daily grind of stuff of being an editor and stuff forever and my ultimate goal is to kind of have that independence and freedom to just do whatever the fuck I want churn out some books write about what I want to maybe guest lecture at NYU or something like I don't know just like like how like the old posh journalists that I was taught by how they do it like those old legacy journalists and stuff like that like I I really want that for my I really want that for myself. I feel like that's the only way I'd be able to thrive if I'm not actively doing labor every single day and clocking in and out and stuff. Yeah. Like cuz I'm not I'm not built for that. I'm not built for that. I and I feel like but I would just get built for late nights and far, I couldn't believe how you were sober hanging with all of us like I don't know how I do it sober either <laughs> honestly, but I do. You like, do. I I do, do well. and they and they like it too, honestly, because I'm like one of the few voices of reason, and they've all like have learned pretty quickly, like oh wait, she doesn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just there, and I get to be a fly on the wall and like see things progressively get crazier. Basically. Always get crazier. It's, in, it's insane. By the enough. end of that fucking, we were up until we. They were all, nobody like not everybody left until like four in the morning or something and then i decided to pull an all-nighter because i had to take my go to my flight so i was like delirious and i went to i went there with my um friend bleachy and bleachy was knocked out on the on the couch and me and jus were like trying to shake him awake and he wouldn't wake up and he had to go to the airport the same time as me and then jus is like just fucking go he'll figure it out and i was like God, I felt so bad. And you had to leave the, him. I literally, Did I had miss to leave his him. Flight? I don't know. You That's don't, the thing. I still don't still know. Had... I still don't know. They said, "Oh no, he woke up just fine." But in my mind, I was like, "I don't." In think. time for the flight, like. And he hasn't spoken to me in in a while, so. Oh no. But then again, he hasn't been online. Period. So I I don't know, but I I feel really bad. I like I, I think about that every once in a while. I'm like I just like laying awake at night and I'm like, did Bleach even make his flight? Because he he got home. Yeah. But I don't know if he made that flight. But we were to be fair, we were trying to wake him up and everything, and he was just every time we'd wake him, he'd just snore even louder. So I was like, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Something that I realized about that show is Z really is the new Danny with that perform. He is such. I can't wait to see him in New York. Like his performance was so good. He is like the best. One of the best live shows i have ever seen and he's been making i couldn't believe this was his first headlining tour because he's been making music for so long yeah he's been doing it for like a really long time it's amazing like as somebody who's been listening to him since his first album it's oh, just really crazy. since like 2014 and help it, help yeah. is still my favorite zalupers project of all time no really so, yes and i know every single word to that fucking album oh it's cool him doing his. Real quick. What? 
It's cool him doing the headlining tour. I can't wait to see him perform. I'm so fucking proud of What's that guy. What's it called? Six, Six seven. seven. So let me, you, let me tell you. Let me tell you. What happened? Oh yeah, I went to the Peggy one. That one. That one was amazing. But I, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not a big JPEG Mafia fan. I don't really like JPEG Mafia that much. Oh, but he's I, very. I really like some of his stuff. I think after after veteran, I couldn't get into it. Mm. And I have to ask you about Serengeti too. If you've ever listened to a rapper Serengeti, I've never listened to rapper. Oh my god, I want everyone to listen to him. All right, no, go oh, back look, to the okay, the Louvre. You, you send me that. But other yeah, Zuluber is just one of the best um, live performances I've ever seen. I saw him. The only time I ever saw him perform was when he was. Um, oh no, he wasn't even Danny's head. Oh no, I saw him because he opened up at the on the Atrocity Exhibition tour too. Mm. and I saw him do it there, and obviously, like, he's doing... I wish that he would bring that set list to that. Yeah, but, like, of course, like, he didn't have that much under his belt, so he was doing, like, all of his old stuff and everything, like, from... I love the that, new shit. Van yeah, Gogh's left. Van Gogh's left. And ear. the Bothic, the one with heart with Wiki on it? Yeah, like, he just did all stuff from there. It was amazing. I, I love Van Gogh's left ear. That, that was a really... Honestly, his stuff now is amazing. My favorite from the past couple years has been Wild Card. I feel like that's just so beautifully well done. And it has... He has, like, these little snippets of this... I keep forgetting the name of the fucking painter. But this, like, French painter, like, talking in between it. Just, like, talking about, these are my paintings and stuff. And I'm like, it's it's just, like, the whole... The way he crafted that was so beautiful. So good. He has such an amazing mind. I say Dope Game Stupid is my album of the year. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by producer out of Syracuse, New York, Twist L's. He makes dope lo-fi beats. He has a bunch of tapes on Bandcamp that you should all check out. But uh, if you want to work or get amazing lo-fi beats, hit him up at lofi.lucifer on Instagram. That's L-O-F-I dot L-U-C-I-F-E-R. Uh, check him out. He's an amazing dude. Thankfully sponsors the podcast. Let's get back into it. I don't know what my album of the year is. What would my album of the year be? Because I don't listen. To, I listen to a lot of new stuff. But. Dope game stupid. Really? I like Talking to the mic if you're going to talk. Talking to the mic, Sharif. Talk you were nodding off over there. Drunk as I thought he was asleep. <laughs> he was for a second. <laughs> I heard you snoring. I heard you <laughs> Need to involve him in more conversation. We were getting real snore. personal. We were getting really because that's with me. Like I, I just give depressing answers. This is a self-help podcast. That's what people don't well, understand. I could help you with that because I literally had my therapy appointment today. Shout out to Veronica. I love you so much. You're the best therapist ever. I'm sorry. Sometimes I take Slack messages while I'm on therapy. What I'm was there. your album of the year? What was my album of the year? Fuck. I don't... There's a really... It's not necessarily my album of the year because there's just a bunch that I liked. I love the new... I love Snail Mail. Um, By who? um, Valentine by Snail Mail. I don't know that. Listen to Snail Mail. I love Snail Mail. I love you so much, Lindsay. So much. But that one was... That was amazing. And... There's this um, Chicago, amazing Chicago footwork producer named, um, I forgot if he called Jana or Jana, Jana Rush. She has this 
insane, incredible, like, Chicago footwork album just dealing with, like, sexuality and, like, being suicidal and, er like, erotic stuff. It's gorgeous. And that one I've, I listened to non-fucking-stop. And as well, obviously the Bruiser, the Bruiser albums I listened to TV a lot. Oh, TV sixty yeah. two, all of them was awesome. The Weezer album, OK Computer. I'm a Weezer fan. I'm not afraid to admit it. I loved that album. I like the White album. I didn't really listen to White. No, I saw them on that one. I love, I love oh, Weezer. My God, can we have a nerd out about? Um, Hemlock, Ernst, and Future Islands. I'm so happy you know who they are. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't really nerd out that much because okay. I don't listen to that much Future Islands. Oh. But I only really got into them just this year, just last year, honestly, because of like their whole rollout and stuff. And I had to write up a bunch of the singles for... Oh, really? These. And I was like, I actually like Future Islands more now. Yeah, and then... But like, I've always had an appreciation for them. Did but you know Hemlock got... before? No. Because he has that album with... I always called him Kenny Seagal, but Kenny Siegel. I always thought it was Kenny Seagal. As well. I did too. I felt so bad because <laughs> he's coming on soon. I because I love his production. Like, and he put out an album with Serengeti called Ajay that's really good. I'm gonna wow, check that out. I know exactly what you're talking about now that you said that. Yeah. I heard that album. That album. The album about like the Indian kid who's obsessed with like his outfit, and then he sells to that dude, and he like switches characters in between the album. There was, it's it? yeah. That's a lot. It's the Woods oh, that I, Billy I, Woods. Oh my! I've been listening to Billy Woods for a while. SpongeBob, the whole operation <laughs> underwater. <laughs> Sorry, that's my favorite. I, my. That Hiding Places was really, really good. Oh, there's another really good album that came out. Speaking of that, it's called Fuck. I forgot what it's called, but it's by the Floating Points Promises by Floating Points and the London Symphony Orchestra and stuff and I'm not going to even say his name because I know I'm going to botch it but that one is amazing too oh yeah because yeah, Arm and Hammer has the track on it and the Loopers the and only two Zalo features on there that's crazy I'm really so proud of him yeah but Earl's like I, I love Earl man I do I, too I love Earl I do too I got to see him live which was pretty dope with um Baby Mother Baby Mother's my girl. <laughs> I love yeah. her. Yeah, that was an awesome show. I'm so Who proud do you of think puts on the best show? I have a list. Danny, obviously. Obviously. I'm gonna get judged for this, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I am the I'm the biggest Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. We, Are I you? could talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers all day long. And Death Grips. That's not what this podcast Woo! is. Death Grips. I don't want to say the other <laughs> band's name because they're shitheads. Who? Daughters. <laughs> Oh, with the V? No. No. You know, listen to Daughters? Do you, li do you watch Anthony Fantano? I feel like you do. No, I don't. Okay, good. They had that album with the kid on the front, right? No. I don't listen to It's just to like Anthony. a watercolor thing, but it, they're like this grind. They, they used to do grindcore, but then now they do like kind of like really heavy like metal and stuff oh, like no, that. no, I wouldn't listen. They put on a really good show, but unfortunately, they're horrible. The lead singer is a horrible person. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But the Red Chip Peppers, Death Grips, Danny... Who else puts on a good show? Weezer, of course, puts on a really good show. They do put on a good show. I don't know who else. Rome Street. Do you listen to Griselda at all? Like I like Griselda, yeah. Like Rome Streets puts on a really good show. 
Conway, of course. Like I when I saw the I saw the Griselda guys for the first time at Rolling Loud this past year, and they killed it. And I was so surprised with how big the crowd is, because obviously they're from New York, so I would expect it. But there's it's it's still I still feel like they're so underground. So to see like thousands of people, like yeah. in that crowd was so. But they're like Drake and LeBron James' favorite rappers. Exactly. They're that they're that type of, like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Exactly, basically. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah, what I like. They're, like they're I, amazing. Did you listen to Rap Ferreira's new album? It's very good. I didn't. I didn't listen to that one. I listened to the other one, Bob's Son. That's a good one. That too. one was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him on tour. I'm excited to see him too. I've never, yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen him. I didn't get into Rap Ferreira until recently because the guy that I work with, my other editor, is like the biggest Rap Ferreira fan. Mm. So. I only recently got into because it, it feels like that wouldn't be the type of rap that I like because the type of rap that I like is very different from a lot of these things now. Yeah, That's like why you, I still listen. Like I'm surprised. I mean, I get, but like when you when I listen to your music, I was like, oh, okay, that I, it makes sense. What you like, you like that, the more turn up stuff. I, yeah, I like that and just not yeah. t- not that you're turn up, but like compared to rap Ferrera, you have a lot more energy than he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my my most listened to genre is like early two thousands southern rap and crunk and stuff. Really, you like riff raff? I have a love hate relationship with riff raff, as you know. I sometimes he's corny as fuck, and there's a part of me that just doesn't trust him as a like as a man. I do not trust him at all. I feel like if I was in a, alone in a room with him, I I would not. I the vibes would just be off. I don't think he'd do anything, but no. But he's he's hilarious, and I think he was one of those few people who pulled that off really well. Yeah. Oh my so, god, I'm so jealous. You talked to Maxo Cream because that's one of my favorites. He is the sweetest man. I know you said in that. I'm so the happy. World. I'm so happy. And it was funny because the first time I met him, it's amazing how things change. Like the first time I met Maxo, he was. How do I explain this? He was super closed off. He'd only said like one word to me. I was like, congrats on your baby. Let me take a picture. And then we interviewed each other and he was like loosening up a little bit. He showed me his dogs and stuff like that. He's And then the next time I met him, he like ran up to me. He gave me a hug. He was like, Jade, let's do this and that. It's amazing how like it went from night to day with him. No, that's... Once he realized he could trust me. And it took... That's a thing about... That I've noticed a lot in this job that I've definitely learned Cause like I love rappers, I love hanging out with them and working with them and everything. But obviously, with a lot of them, when they see somebody like me, they don't automatically trust me. So I have to work really hard to kind of show them that I'm okay. You're speaking to me. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's the exact same thing. Like Conway even told my boy, I didn't like Sam when I first met him. Like yeah. that's and to me being up on stage with him, you know what I mean, and like being able to interview him and like us hanging in the club and like us talking. But he didn't. He literally didn't like me when we first met. And it's terrifying because like we have to, like like because obviously when these people look at us, of course I don't blame people for thinking. Whenever they look at me, they don't think that I listen to and enjoy the things that I do. One hundred percent. And so they always feel so closed off. So then I feel like I have to like show off a little bit to get them to realize, okay, I, I trust you. Like I, inter- who did I interview once? I interviewed, I interviewed Saweetie once 
and she was so nice and she was like super chill. And then I was like, she's not giving me the answers that I want. So then I brought up hyphy music and her whole demeanor changed. She's like, holy shit, you know about that? Or like when I was talking to Duke Deuce and then I started talking about Memphis rap and then he stopped. He was like, oh shit, you really do know your stuff. And like, you got to prove it. Cause obviously like these guys are in their own little bubble sometimes and they rightfully so want to kind of protect their energy from... Because people do want shit from them. But once you show, you don't really want anything from Especially because, like, in the industry that we're in, people are really opportunistic and stuff. A lot of people I know in my situation, I feel like it's, like, as a music writer, I get to see, like, a lot of the drama, kind Mm -hmm. of. And a lot of... And some people definitely seem to be in it just to kind of, like collect these interviews like dragon balls and stuff like that and just churn shit out and for me it's definitely like a very spiritual thing for me because it's something that i really want to do and i really want to make sure i tell these people's stories in the proper way yeah so yeah and that obviously comes as like working a little bit harder to get what i want to do them justice yeah and i churn them out i do three episodes a week but i don't collect like that's why i don't prepare questions like, I listen to... I never prepare questions either. I just, I go in and I have a conversation because that's what I care about. And I also hang out with people afterwards. Like, I'll, we were drinking and, you know, we're having... He's taking a nap over there. No, he's awake. <laughs> I'm he's just awake. kidding. I'm just kidding. But, like, I just do it because I want to be... Like, I want to be friends with people, you know? Like, these are people I like their energy on, like, a spiritual connection. Like, I want to have a real conversation with them. Like Exactly. And that's that's just the... That's the best part of being able to do stuff like this. Because I feel like... And you definitely understand this because you've been, been able to form these relationships with these people is being able to break through everything and to have a more personal relationship after the camera stopped rolling or in my case after i hang up the phone of doing an interview with them or whatever because that's the worst and you know they get that all the time where people just want to get that like clickbait title exactly and for me i'm like no i want to actually build relationships with these people and make sure that they're like i want them to just be part of my lives for because I don't I don't interview people whose music I don't like. That's one thing that I refuse that I refuse to do. Also because I feel like I won't be able to do their story justice. Yeah. And so yeah, so every single person that I talk that I talk to, for the most part, we have some sort of relationship where they either remember me, save for very few things, like obviously like Sweetie and Megan the Stallion would yeah. never like give me their phone numbers and we like talk and text all the time. But Otherwise, most of the other people that I've spoken to have just been so sweet and nice. Like, I even talked to um, Gerald from Devo a couple months ago. That's and that's my boy now. Like, we, we texted a couple times back and forth. And it's just, like, so funny just saying, like, I have a member of Devo on my phone. That is and so... Well, he's so sweet to me. That's why I really, like, I wanted to talk to you when I saw you. Because, like, we were in the Bruiser Brigade house and, like... You and I stand out differently, and it's funny that we come from two... Op- we talked about this the night we met, like, very opposite fields. Like, I just kind of, like... We both fell into it, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, very exactly. Different. I, for- I, forgot what you to- I forgot what you told me, but you were like, we kind of do the same thing, but then you looked at me like you were going to offend me, but, but not really, because you do something, like, 
very different. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because you studied, you spent your whole life, like, to this point, and yours is, like, you're working for big magazines, interviewing crazy people, like... I just kind of get high and do this <laughs> podcast, you Hon- know? Honestly, though, you're living the dream. If I was able to get paid doing this shit, like... Very minimal. Very minimal money. I Yeah. <laughs> th- that, obviously. But there's money in podcasting. It's so just crazy yeah. to see how much some of these people make, especially, like, with Patreon and everything. Yeah. I was I, offered... I had some shit fall through, and I think it was a good learning experience. When you're offered a lot of money and then the person doesn't follow through on it. Aww. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me many times. You know what that's I'm talking ha- that's about? That's happened to me so many times. I've missed so many opportunities. I was supposed to interview Princess Nokia on, for the cover of Playboy. Really? Yes. And the editorial board took too long to get back. That by the time it happened, they just gave it to somebody else. And to this day, I'm still really upset because I've always wanted to be published in print. Always. And I was like, I'm going to get the fucking cover of Playboy magazine. This is my second bi- professional byline ever. Fuck yeah. But and how old are yeah. you? Now I'm 23. Turning 24 in May. See, I'm 24 turning 25. I thought you were way older. You look like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that. How old are you, Sharif? How old do you think Sharif is? I don't know. 31? 32. Wow. 31? You're 31? How, you thought I was thir- in my 30s? I, I thought at the very least like 27, 28 years old. Yeah, now I'm but Sharif years. gives me grown uncle energy. Yes, I'm the greatest go- old uncle in the hood, so pull up on me. I got liquor. <laughs> he He's unhinged. And Chinese food. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm 24. So like, it is funny <laughs> though, because you get caught in the eye of the storm, right? You probably like, every time, you don't get to enjoy the stuff you do because of the financial burden of like needing to get to the same thing so like when something cool happens you're like all right but i need to move on to the next thing because i'm not supporting myself basically it's like it's a horrible it's a horrible analogy but it's kind of just like what do you have like an orgasm and it's like really quick and you're like it's awesome but then like only a few minutes later you're like okay, back to my normal life again. 100%. And that's me because I'm, but instead I kind of have like this existential crisis, like, holy shit, now I need to do this again and again. And after a certain point, like, you don't want to do things, you don't want to do the same thing over again. You don't want to. And that's how I feel sometimes when I'm... But we're also young, so like people And we're already having these existential crises and we're only 24 years old. Yeah, but think about the things we have been able to do and how they just feel normal. But to other people, that's their, like, dream. Exactly. Like, that's like, like, I was, when Hannibal was at Daddy's house, and we were all just chilling, that's like a fucking, like, that's like, I'm a stand-up comedian, and Danny's one of my favorite rappers of all time. Like, to be in on Thanksgiving morning, like, yeah, like, like but... It doesn't put much, like... It, yeah, it doesn't. You're in the eye of the storm. You're like, all right, but how am I going to fucking pay my shit? Like, yeah, that, that's how that's how I feel when I'm just, like, with these people. I'm like, I can't make rent from these, ex- like, just with these experiences. But they're still the I most amazing things ever. But it's I'm like glad a, that they happen. It is and like also, an orgasm. Speaking, <laughs> speaking Danny on... Danny makes me come. <laughs> 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 I, 
<laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. He would love that, honestly. My, f- oh, my face. I want to know. It says, Danny makes me come. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend and I, we were, t- we were talking once. And I forgot what happened, but he, we decided like a perfect question to ask a rapper is what songs, what songs of yours do you think are the best to have sex to? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I think that would be honestly like a f- very good idea. And I wouldn't ask Danny, but I want to know what his what his would be. Mm, but yeah. me and my fr- but me and my friends were talking, we were trying to figure out what, like, and kind of on that same note. Well, I fucked a DNA before. That's not a good song to fuck. That's to. a horrible song to fuck. That's literally what you were talking about. He was like, like throwing it back to him, talking about like generational trauma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, but you said you, you said you were gonna come on here and spit some controversial opinions. Well, what are what some con- controversial fuck songs? Controversial fuck songs. Okay. Well. I have anything by the weekend because it's really How is that good. controversial? Because when you listen to the lyrics, it's like, should we no? be fucking to this? No, he makes it very clear he wants to be fucking to it. Have you have you listened like his newer stuff? Probably not. A new album, but trilogy did not like trilogy. You could, you trilogy could. Trilogy is a good album. You could Kiss just Land, uh, Kiss Land, Love in the Sky is amazing. Mm-hmm. But for me. I don't really necessarily... So my friends make fun of me because, like, we were just talking because my friend, his girlfriend, um, they they fold, they, they messed around and all that stuff. And then afterward... I, <laughs> and, and afterward, I forgot what he said. He was like, but then this song came on and I was like, I have to change it. And then we started talking and one thing led to another and I started getting roasted. for Because like, they were like, so what's on your playlist? And for me, it's not that controversial, but, like, plies... Okay, I have some plies on my fuck playlist. People think it's so weird. And I don't, like, I don't think so. Plies. They made fun of me when I said that I, like, they couldn't imagine me just, like, doing stuff to Tank. <laughs> I, I think Tank. I, I don't fuck, listen to fuck Tank. It. I got Drew Hill on my fuck list. Obviously. And Tina Turner. T- what Tina Turner song can you have? Talking to the mic. What Tina I'm sorry, Turner? I didn't mean to sound so sassy right there. And also Jeezy. Jeezy? I have, like, What's love got to do with it is on my fuck list. I'm looking at my What's fuck love list. got to do with I'm it? Yes. At my fuck list right shit now. How, me? Let me look at my. You shit me. Why? You know that I can't. That is not a good song. If I got America, do uh, not fuck. Oh, I got Kevin Gates on my fuck. Yes. Kevin Gates, Kevin Gates got fuck controversial. No, that's, Kevin that's Gates got fuck joints. Yo, I went to a I went to a Kevin Gates show because I love Kevin Gates. So many lesbians, it's crazy. Lesbians love Kevin Gates. It's crazy. No, because I like to fuck the house music. Percent of the audience is Kevin Gates. House a, music. I like to fuck to house music and club music, Jersey shit. I got some future. Fucking a Jersey club? Yeah, like, oh. DJ Lil Man 973? Oh, yeah. I got, like, Santi and Sango and some, like... Sango's good. Sango. Sango. Sango, Sango, I don't know. Um, Summer Walker. Summer Walker, yeah. Let me look at mine. I have... Metallica, I fucked the inner champion. Kevin Gates is so good. And he also just spits that really nasty shit that I like. And that's... Like, I like dirty bars. I... Yeah, that's that's like the best part. Like with those southern rappers and stuff. That's why I love Trick Daddy so much. You said that Trick Daddy was a rapper you'd like hook. He said it was. I asked you what a controversial opinion was, and you said Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy is top. Is in my top ten. 
Oh, I thought you said something about wanting to hook up with him. Oh, no. Young Trick Daddy? Young Trick Daddy? <laughs> yes! Are you kidding? What people, the fuck, Brad? You shitting me? People, listen, people only know Trick Daddy from Lupus. They know Lupus Meth. I, I don't know if he did Jesus meth. I'm, that's right. But they like, know they only know Lupus Trick Daddy. <laughs> Wait, what? They know him from Lupus? I didn't even know he had Lupus. Yeah. Yeah, he had it for years. Yeah, he, that's why he looks the way that he is and his skin and all that stuff. But Young Trick Daddy, oh my God. He was, he's like 90s fine. He's 90 fine with the chocolate ball head like an arm of joy. You hear what she's saying? Exactly. You shit I, I, I just saw, yo, I feel so bad. I saw Rico Nasty open up for Playboy and they fucking threw shit at her until she had to get off stage. Playboy car play Playboy Cardi fans can suck my dick from the back. I fucking hate them. Nah, it makes me Playboy Cardi put on one... If we're talking about best shows earlier, the one of the worst shows I've ever been to in my life yeah, was Playboy dude, Cardi. The, I was tripping on mushrooms the entire show. He didn't rap a single word every 30 seconds. He went, Ka-ka! <laughs> I swear to God, every 30 seconds he would go, Ka-ka! <laughs> and that was the only so- noise he made the entire concert. I heard this hilarious story. I heard this hilarious story on this podcast. And they went to see Eagles of Death Metal. I do love Playboy Cardi, so this um they went to see Eagles of Death Metal play um the one with Josh Holm and stuff like that. And at the beginning of every single song, he would say, "This is for the ladies." And every time he would say it, the crowd was gradually getting angrier and angrier with it. That by the end of it, they were just screaming because they just got it was like a full set after everyone. This is. But for I the felt ladies. so bad for Rico Nasty. I love she's, I saw her. I love seeing, I bet you feel this way, seeing rappers in tiny little clubs before they blew up. Yeah. Like, I've seen Billie Eilish in a tiny little club. Oh, I saw damn. Young boy, uh, I saw Young Boy in, like, a hundred-person room. For me, I think the only story I have of that is seeing Danny and Schoolboy and everybody like that at this tiny, um, I forgot, Sharif, do you, what's in, is it called the PlayStation Theater now, or did they change the name again? Remember Best Buy Theater on 42nd? Crazy thing, I've never been to Best Buy Theater. But I do know what you're talking about. But it's a very tiny venue, long story short. Oh, funny story. Sony Hall? Um, I think it might be called Sony Hall now. But Yeah, they, Sony they keep, Hall, small room. Yeah, I was just keep, there for the Rome Street's Flea Lord show. That's with Y.L. and Starker and Zumo. That's where, that's where I saw Danny for the first time ever. And it was so tiny. And I got peed on at that show. Was that what when the, the chick? Fuck? Wait, <laughs> that elevated. Yeah, I need to know why you got so beat okay. On so in between show. every single set, the DJ was playing, and I remember he was gradually playing harder and harder shit. There's, I was, I was all alone. I was all alone at the show. I was easily the youngest one there. My mom was like doing God knows what, and was like, "I'll pick you up later." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm minding my business, and there's this drunk guy next to me, this much older man, and he was getting progressively more shit faced. And I remember he was like screaming hard in the paint in my ear like rapping the whole entire time whole, whole entire time and i was i was getting i was trying to move away from him and then i'm minding my business in the middle of the ab soul set and i feel something warm on my leg <laughs> and i look down and the guy has his dick out completely and i'm like dude are you kidding me and i'm not even joking he said fucking move just whole dick out well, Absol's just rapping, and I Absol couldn't see it. So I pushed the guy. I pushed the guy because that's my instinct, 
and piss starts flying everywhere because his dick is still out. He's midstream, and I push him. <laughs> Everybody, they got mad at me, but then they realized, oh, all I remember hearing, he's pissing. This motherfucker pissing. And then they had to, like, grab him and take him out. And for the rest of the night, it was just, like, dried up piss down my uh, leg. I had to deal with that for another two and a half hours. Well, and then, you had to deal wait, with a lot to be a Danny fan. But then after that, the funny thing is I tweeted and I was like, Absol, Danny, I at the show last night, I got peed on. And Absol privately DM'd me and said, I am so sorry that happened to you. That's and that nice. was it. That's that nice. was the extent of our con. I tried to DM him multiple times after that and he never answered me. Absol is one, Absol's one of my favorite rappers. I love him. Who are your like dream? You asked me what my dream. Can we have a dream off? Dream off, yes. Dream interview off, so that one day we can listen back to that and be like, oh shit. Who do I want to interview? I want to interview Rick Ross. I would love, I feel like Rick Ross and I would get along very, very well. I just had Smoke Bolger on and he was like, yeah. What? I met Rick Rick Ross when I was 16 years old and he told me I looked like his lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) You do look like a Jewish lawyer. I'm not Jewish. (laughs) Do people think you're Jewish? All the time. You look, I'm a comedian too. That's a Jewish. That's a Jewish combo right there. Yeah, Your combo mm-hmm. break. You got the nose. You got the hair. And the, I know. You do comedy. Yeah, you're a walking propaganda poster. Are you Nigerian? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Do, somebody. T- I forgot what some. Oh no! I was with my friend once, and these guys come up, and I'm the ugly. I'm the ugly one in the group. I never got hit on. And you, yeah, be nice. Come on, <laughs> come on. What is, she is beautiful. Start the tapes over. Hold we're, on. we're restarting this podcast. Jay is beautiful, and she should never say that. Clap for uh, Jay, you y'all. You gotta give her some. Clap for you're, Jay. You're the female. You gotta give her person. some fucking. <laughs> the hell? You already told her when she came in your great outfit. Yeah, what the yeah, hell is wrong with her? We already went over how I'm great. Hello, Jay. Hi. Yeah, y'all better give it up for my queen, my sister, Jay. Her beautiful but, self. Basically, this one guy was hitting on my friend once, and as for some reason, for a pickup line, he was like, "Are you Korean, Mama?" And she was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Cause you're hanging out with this bitch over here." And I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Sharif is gonna use that as a bar. Are you gonna use that as a bar? <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me." And I'm like. So she's Korean by proxy. I'm like, I'm not even fucking Korean. And he was like, I'm just asking a question. And then I met these other, it was, it's always when guys are hitting on my friends. Cause another time I was like, I was coming from a party. My friend and I were about to go to a club, a club over in Brooklyn. And these guys stop us. And then one of the guys was like, he didn't know what, he didn't know how to start a conversation with me. So he just went up to me and was like, you look like you watch a lot of anime. (laughs) And I'm like, what the, what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? Do you watch anime? No. Good. Do you? Yeah, who Not would really. like that lame stuff? Porn is better than anime? I, I watched I One Punch Man and that's it. I don't I don't like how you said that. Because the way you put emphasis on the wrong thing, you're like One Punch Man instead of One Punch Man. Yeah, it bothered me too. <laughs> what, one Punch Man. <laughs> no, you're doing it again. One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, One Punch Man, I say. Sam, it's One Punch Man. <laughs> no, One Punch Man sounds wrong. You're, you're, one sou- pu- you're now saying, you're saying it like One Punch Man. <laughs> one Punch Man. <laughs> no, because like the, one yeah, even man. the way you said One Punch before, Man. What? You made it seem like it's a last name. Yeah, punch his man. first name is One Punch I and his last name is Man. No, but you're making it seem like Punch Man even when the other way that you said it was. One his... Punch Man. Let's change the subject. <laughs> Let's change the subject. Oh Dream God. interviews. Dream interviews. But yeah, Rick Ross. Rick Ross. 
I want to talk to Rick Ross. I want to talk to One Punch Man. <laughs> Trina. Oh. Um, I, who else do I want to talk to? I would love to talk to I would love to talk to Schoolboy Q, even though I'd be I'd feel like I'd be freaking out the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. But I would love to t- I I would love to sit down and just have a chat with him. I feel like we would get along very well. I feel like I feel like that's it. I definitely and, and Jeezy. I want to talk to Jeezy so bad. And Zaloopers. Zaloopers, sweetheart, Walter, Zaloopers, please, please answer my emails. What <laughs> your email? I, I emailed him er, and he acknowledged that he read it. I could text him, but I don't. I feel weird about asking for business things all over text unless I absolutely have to. But because I feel self conscious about it. But yeah. Yeah. Half of half of this interview is just going to be me just like telling people to acknowledge my existence. I hope you understand that. That's what this whole podcast. I do three episodes a week, not for the guests. I just want people to listen to me talk. <laughs> exactly. And it's good. You have to have a certain amount of cockiness, I think, to be yeah. to make it. And well, I'm very cocky. I'm I th- like I'm. I know that I'm good at what I do. And yeah. you need you got to be like that. You got to go into every room like you have the biggest dick in the room, and you're like, I could out interview all of you. Even though some people say it's not a healthy mindset to have. For me, no, fuck that. No, I talk. I talk so much. I talk about. I Just talk a lot of. <laughs> I talk a lot of shit about myself, but I really do believe that I'm like going to be recognized as one of the best. And like, it's so funny. You're a talented dude. Yeah. Conway fucking Conway calling me the next Larry King is hilarious, but also it was like a very nice compliment for him to give me. And like, I could see that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll say the next Dennis Miller. <laughs> Didn't he kill himself? <laughs> Hell no. Oh. <laughs> But no, like, I do believe, like, there's a reason that, like, that's why I fucked with you, is there was a reason that we were in the Bruiser house on that Thanksgiving. Like, if we weren't supposed to be there, trust me, we wouldn't be there. Those are real enough dudes that, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love, I really love those guys. I love all of them. All of them. Dude, Quentin's album, amazing. I love him so much. J.U.S.'s GoFundMe Corvette is so good. He... J.U.S., he, he's such a good dude. And that guy's a walking encyclopedia. And he um, didn't even really rap until, like... Yeah, he's... he Him and Fat Ray are walking encyclopedias, especially Fat Ray. When I was interviewing Fat Ray, he was just telling me, this guy used to live on this block. He used to hang out with Proof and all these other guys, like these legendary Detroit rappers. And he was... He knew everything. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the oldest aside from Danny, and he has really been embedded into the rap scene since he was so young and was so, just yeah. And he's no worked with everybody, and he was everybody. like with Boldy, like he was a concrete, like yeah. It's it's amazing. When I was interviewing him, I was just in awe because he was just saying fact after fact after fact. Like he could write a whole entire book on that if he wanted to. They're such a talented, and I know we talked about how great they were as people, but musically, like they're all they're all so. They're all so talented. It's, it's so it's cool kind of, listening to... Is it 30 or is it triple X? Either or. That's okay. It. Yeah. I call it triple X. You called it 30 earlier and I got self-conscious. So no, because I used to call it... Tri- I still sometimes call it triple X, but I know I probably shouldn't. But, yeah. I know I probably shouldn't, but... But I call it triple X. And I listened to that album when I was young in high school and I tried to learn to play drums on that album. 
And like, yeah. Did you do you still play drums? No, my dad's a drummer. I left it to him. I'm a comedian. That's why you seem like the type to have been raised by a drummer. That does that. I trust me. It makes sense in my head. No, I I get it. Uh, But like that album meant so much to me. So like, it was cool being in that room. But like, I know I'm meant to be there. Like, I don't have any like background in interviewing. But like. I know I'm also going to be a great comedian, and I'm so like. Tell me a joke. That's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. Everyone, the dude who fucking sold me my Subaru every time I go on for maintenance asked me for a joke, and it's like, <laughs> do you want me to offend you right now? And then I texted him a bit of mine, and he never replied. I'm like, go <laughs> like a fuck. video of a bit. Yeah, uh huh. I was like, go fuck yourself. I w- being a comedian is. One of the scariest jobs ever. Danny, I talked to Danny about. He really does like he did comedy at Bruiser Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like and it's funny Conway. I was talking to Conway about Danny doing comedy, and he's like, "Man, I'd do comedy if it was on a show with you." So I want to get a show with Danny Conway and me <laughs> doing comedy. That would be that would be hilarious. But Danny's just a natural. Yeah, he's a naturally funny person. The yeah. stories that he tells is. He's just such a naturally good storyteller. I would be terrified if I was if I was a comedian because I hate rejection and I hate people thinking that people don't like me. And I feel like if I was a comedian, that's the whole like world me. of comedy. Exactly. I couldn't deal with especially crowd work. I, you cannot ask me to riff to save my life. I, improv. You, said you don't prepare. You don't prepare questions. It's the same thing. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The um the shit me and Borg did the um the what was it the um improv that shit was dope. I I could imagine Sharif is such a naturally funny person too. This guy he's just and he, th- you make friends everywhere you go. He's friends with everybody by default. I want you to be a nice open spirit person that's like a uh, like a spiritual Buddha. Points of the world. I saw Buddha when I did DMT. Let's wrap this yeah. up. Let's <laughs> hang out. We can turn the cameras off. This was an honor. Thank you so much for coming so on. Much. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I love to give it up. You're y'all. awesome. Where can people read your shit? So go on pastemagazine.com. Look up Jade Gomez. I got some cool stuff dropping. I loved the interview you did with Rico. Rico, Rico, and Danny are on there. I took pictures of them too. I have a lot of cool shit up. Read my Vic Mensa interview. That one, he's very smart. Not a lot of people read that. So read that. And my, the one I did with Nez, the, he is super talented. Shout out to him. Yes, he was signed to Dr. Dre? I don't, he um, he produced Man of the Year by Schoolboy. Oh, okay. And then now he does his own stuff. He's Never an mind. amazing Chicago house producer. Check him out, too. He has a beautiful story. And, yeah, check out Pace Magazine. Follow me on Instagram, betteroffalone.mp3, um, so you could see me and my questionable taste in men on my story sometimes. Uh, do you guys want to plug anything? Uh, just too much content live at uh, that's our website and everywhere on social media. So I'm more excited when you say it. I'm stunned as fuck. What do you want from me? Feed me drugs and alcohol. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, too much content live. <laughs> Ani, you want to plug your candles? Oh, the bucked candles? up candle. This is a bucked up. It called. It says light the trees up, and my grandma didn't get it. it was a weed reference. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. S- I don't have a sense of smell, but I. Just I don't either, really. You don't have a sense of smell. Like it, mine's at like twenty-five percent. How did you get it? Uh, you have a deviated septum. Yeah. Gang shit. 
We both have when we get money, we can pay for that. I am so scared to get put under. I was just talking to my therapist about that today, about how I'm terrified to be under anesthesia because I don't know what they're doing. The to last me. time they put me under, I almost didn't come back. Like, I got it, fucked from it. Like, that literally, is why I don't want to really do it. Bad, yeah. That's why I don't want to do it. Anyway, you want to plug? I know you were just on the last episode, but this oh. is two days. This is coming out two days after your choose, episode. Choose your so, wisely. do you want to? I just want to say shout out to Bucked Up Podcast. Shout out to everybody in the building. Shout out to Jay. Holler at me on IG, Twitter, Fatboy Sharif. GLC out now. New music on the way. I love y'all. Yeah. Hey, it's me. Um, it's, <laughs> it's Ani again. Um, the one thing I want to plug is my candle club, the Liddy Committee. You can go oh, check out my Patreon. Name. Don't put my, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon slash moosh. That's where you'll find it. Liddy Committee, if you oh, like candles. Almost forgot. Album of the Year, I remember it now. Turnstiles Glow On. Everybody listen to it. I don't know that I mean, one either. No, yeah, Glow On. You need to listen to Turn. Everybody should listen to Turnstiles. I only really listen to rap. I just got into Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, my God. You're, you're, we're going to mold into the perfect bisexual. <laughs> Excuse me. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Let's go to the strip club right now. <laughs> Camera's off. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>